Hello, I am Sarah Chilfin, a partner at CM Murray. We are a specialist employment and partnership law firm, and this is a CM Murray podcast. Today, I'm going to talk very briefly about grievances in the workplace. There has been some coverage of grievances in the recent press in the United Kingdom because it has been alleged that certain categories of people, for example, those who work for members of parliament, do not have access to a normal grievance procedure, which you might find in a bigger organisation. Grievance procedures have become quite important over the last couple of decades as a way for employees to raise concerns and have those concerns dealt with in a formal manner in some sort of structured process that should hopefully ensure that those concerns are aired properly, investigated properly and resolved one way or another. So if you are an employer, what should you think about when you are thinking about what to include in your grievance process? So there is an ACAS guide to disciplinary and grievance procedures, which is something that I would refer you to. And it essentially sets out the process which an employee can go through in terms of raising a grievance. Um, Of key importance are several factors and things that should be included in a policy as a minimum. Um, The first is uh, an ability for an employee to bring a grievance and to raise their concerns and often an employer will initially say that the employee should raise those concerns informally to their line manager or to HR but then if that is not resolved or if the employee thinks those concerns are so serious they have the right to bring those concerns in a more for- formal context i.e a formal grievance and what that would usually involve is a written letter to the employer or a completion of a form or, or something on the internet um, setting out their concerns um, with the expectation that the employer will then deal with those concerns appropriately. A policy should set out very clearly how the employee is to go about that and in particular who the employee can bring those concerns to. Now obviously there'll be a lot of situations where the employee's concerns will be about their line manager and in that context there should be a mechanism for the employee to bring those concerns to someone other than their line manager. Um, and that should be specified in the procedure. The next stage of the procedure would provide for what happens to the grievance. Now, usually that would provide that an investigation would take place, that an independent person would be appointed to investigate the grievance, and the independence of that person is very important, because if they're not independent, that can undermine the grievance process and the general fairness of the procedure. And then the investigation process will normally involve meetings and investigation meetings with other employees, questioning of those employees, potentially questioning of someone who may have been accused of some sort of misconduct under the grievance, and will ultimately culminate in an investigation report being prepared by the investigating officer. Um, And then that report would normally be passed to somebody else to make a decision about the grievance. And then that decision should be communicated to the employee, ideally by way of a meeting, and in writing, and it must be communicated to the employee in writing so that the employer has a paper trail and so that the employee can get a full understanding of the reasons why their grievance has been either upheld or not upheld. And then the next key stage in the process is the right of appeal. So an employee should be able to file an appeal against that grievance outcome if they're not happy with it. Um, And that should be set out in the grievance procedure it should set out how that appeal should be conducted, who that appeal should be sent to, 
um, and the time limit for such an appeal. And those factors should be summarised as well at the bottom of the grievance outcome letter so that the employee is in no doubt at all about their right to appeal and how they go about it. And the appeal can take two forms. It can either take the form of a review of the findings of the grievance or it can take the form of a full rehearing of the grievance. And that very much depends upon why it's being appealed, the, the grounds of appeal, whether there's been a challenge to the procedural um, fairness of the grievance, um, whether there's a challenge to, for example, the impartiality of the person who carried out the investigation, or whether, in fact, there's a challenge to the outcome based on the facts that were established by the investigating officer. So whether or not there's a rehearing or just a review will very much depend on the facts of both the grievance and the content of the appeal itself. Now, there's obviously a lot more to consider when thinking about grievances. There are many different issues which can come up in the process of a grievance. For example, if there's a concurrent disciplinary process or redundancy process going on, that throws up different questions for the employer as to whether or not they can keep going with one process whilst there's a grievance ongoing on a connected issue and all these questions have to be responded to on a case-by-case basis but hopefully this podcast has given you a bit of guidance as to uh, a few of the key issues namely have a policy in place make sure you comply with your policy and make sure you give the employee an opportunity to bring forward their grievances have them listened to investigated and have a right of appeal if in fact they're not happy with the outcome So if you have any other questions, we have a lot of information on our website, which is www.cm-murray.com. So go on there and we've got lots of uh, knowledge on the website um, or you can get in touch with us and details also on the website. Thank you very much for listening.